Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show. Apparently Aaron Boone said before the game, talking about Tampa Bay, saying they can do some things we can't do. They can do some things that we can't do because of the way they run their organization. The way that they identify talent. The way that they develop talent. The way that they acquire talent. And then guarantee and ensure that by the time they get to the big leagues and put on a Tampa Bay Rays uniform, that they're sitting there and good enough to run out a historic start to the season at 27-7. and like they are right now something that the Yankees aren't doing and right now when you look at these two organizations right now and how they're run it is like night and day Tampa Bay has become like the gold standard and the Yankees are the team that's in last place this is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN we haven't talked much about the um I mean this would be putting it mildly when I say we haven't talked much we haven't talked at all about the Kentucky Derby, the run for the roses, which is coming up this afternoon. Horse racing is not my jam. I, I just have no way. I mean, we're talking about animals, people. Animals. And we're going to sit here and actually try to gauge as to what an animal is thinking or how they feel and how they're going to perform Kentucky. on a given day in a race. I mean, give me, give me a break. break. Exactly. But anyway, word just came down a little while ago that for those that are interested, um, the Derby favorite, Forte, has been scratched for today's race, believe it or not. So if everybody was all in on Forte, Forte a no-go this afternoon. And in a related story, Brian Cashman has since chimed in and said, don't count him out, according to the Yankee Jets. Yeah. I had to go there. I had to go there. I mean, you know, whenever you're talking about injuries, you got to talk about the Yankees, no matter if it's, you know, a human, an animal, whatever. He'll be a Yankee by the end of the week, Forte. little extra pop in the lineup. Let's you know, go with the numbers, Matt Forte. <laughs> yeah, right. Matt Forte, Dave Forte, whatever the hell you want to call him. Maybe he'll be a Yankee. Um, Knicks game three this afternoon. We look forward to that. Best out of five series as the scene shifts down to Miami. You figure that Jimmy Butler's going to be back in the lineup today for the Miami Heat. As they try to get the fan base riled up down there, you figure there's going to be a lot of Nick representation in the crowd. I mean, it's New York South, so uh, the Knicks should feel right at home when they go out there and try to play a big basketball game today and uh, regain the upper hand in the series and take back the home court advantage. Get one of the next two, right? I mean, in a perfect world, you'd love to win three and four, but just get one of the next two, get home court back, and then try to see if you can work your way towards getting the four W's and on to the conference final. Because last night, you know, if you want to be guilty of looking ahead here a little bit, you know, the Celtics have reminded you the last couple of games that they are still the superior team over the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's amazing. I don't know where the hell James Harden's been. He had that phenomenal game number one where Joel Embiid didn't play. And now Embiid's back in the mix and Harden's been like MIA for Philadelphia. That's the only chance they have at winning this series is if you got Harden and Embiid going out there and doing their thing pretty much from the jump. And that has been missing the last two games. Look, the Celtics are just better, plain and simple. So I expect them to be sitting there in the conference finals. Will it be the Knicks? Will it be the Miami Heat? 
that is the question that we are going to have to uh, have answered here over the next couple of days. And at least you hope it's a 2-1 Nick lead by the time, what, let's see, 6, 6.30 rolls around a little bit later on tonight. Remember, 3 o'clock is when our coverage begins here on 98.7 this afternoon with the pregame show. So we'll have you covered every step of the way when it comes to the Knickerbockers this afternoon. Let us say hi to Artie in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7. Art, what is going on? Hey, how's it going, Ben? Are you a golfer? No, hit. I'm really not. I'm more of a tennis guy. All right. Because I, I think um, I need to have some kind of tournament stuff. And I don't think of a better foursome than me, you, and I don't know, a couple of guys that just hack around. But anyway, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about Rodgers and how – they're doing everything we can. And you you can't be unhappy with this. This is definitely a Super Bowl-type offense, I would think, mm-hmm. right? If everybody's healthy, offensive line, the running back, step, they drafted to run another running back that looks like Hall. Who the heck knows? But at that, I still get nine minutes from that Detroit game. And, um, you know, I know they got a new punter, whatever, because man was, like, inconsistent and everything like that. But giving up a 50-yard pass to a tight end yeah. and letting them this is not on a fourth me, down like the producer says he might have said it's a playoff type of uh, defense but he doesn't know if it's a super bowl defense and i'm telling you look the source you you got to make that pick but if you want to say to me i'm sorry he does not deserve all those accolades because i countless times he could have either was was had his back to the guy, back to the uh, the uh, the quarterback. He made the play, but so many times it could have been a flag. Okay, I just I really see him as a free safety. It's good for me. No, I really see him. Because, no. Okay, mm-hmm. you got that opinion. We'll see yeah. how it goes. But I'm asking you about the defense. Okay, they went at first. McDonald, okay? I don't know how you see him and where he's projected, but he could be Abraham and he could be Golston. And that scares me. And I, and I want to get your opinion as far as the defense, too, because they, lo- um, they lose a, a linebacker. So I don't know if you think that this is a Super Bowl-type defense. just want to get your opinion on well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, okay? The, the, the yeah. team that won the Super Bowl last year, how, how, yeah. how did their defense fare, especially when it came to the big game itself? Didn't Philadelphia put up about, what, five, 600 yards of offense on that day? Yeah. Right. It's an offensive league, you know? You don't have to be the 85 Bears when it comes to defense to win you a Super Bowl. You know? No. San Francisco, but, San Francisco had an elite defense last year. Okay. Maybe the best defense no. in the NFL. But what happened? They lost their quarterback in the NFC Championship game. They couldn't move the ball two feet. And that's why they didn't go right. to the Super Bowl. Right. right? I, I, I thought injuries do play. Jets. And, 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 Art, and, and I'm, yeah. Art, the Jets had statistically a top five defense last year. The reason they missed okay. the playoffs is because they okay. had no quarterback and, play. I, I got you, Dan. But. Here's the thing, okay? And it, it, I don't want to say, like, that, that term fool's gold, but look at the, 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 the quarterbacks that they were facing because of injuries. They were playing third-string quarterbacks at the time. I'm asking you, like, look, see, I see the schedule. They're playing, like, high-powered offenses. And I'm looking at our defense, okay? 
And I I don't know if, if you get an injury to one cornerback, the depth on the cornerback on the secondary. Okay, I know they got the guy Clark in here. Who's on free safety? Who's, who's playing free safety on this team? Right now they have two guys who essentially kind of play the same type of role at the safety position. Okay, but I don't know how I don't know how Robert Sala is going to deploy things right now, Art. And and thanks for the phone oh. call. I got to run. I hear. Look, I hear what you're saying, but out of all the areas of concern that you're going to have about the Jets going into the season, I would think that the defense would probably be way, way, way down at the bottom, as far as things that might keep you awake at night. You know, if you're asking me right now, like what are some of the things that would worry me a little bit that would stand in the way of them making a deep run? I think, number one, you have to start at the offensive line, right? Because you're counting on a couple of guys who are either coming off of injury, haven't played in a while, getting up there in years, and you're asking them to play premium positions in ones that will ultimately give your new quarterback the chance to be the utmost successful. Because, remember, offensive line doesn't hit. Then what the hell you got Aaron Rodgers for? He's going to be running for his life, and what good is that going to do for you? I don't want a 40-year-old quarterback out there on his own trying to make things happen. How is that going to work? Remember the Super Bowl a few years ago when Brady and the Buccaneers beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback in the game and who's still young and who's still fleet of foot, he was running for his life that afternoon from the Tampa Bay defense because his offensive line was in tatters with injuries. And he was out there trying to beat that team all by himself, and he was making miraculous throws to his guys just trying to complete passes, and he couldn't do it. So Aaron Rodgers is here. That's great. Everybody's happy. But if the offensive line doesn't hold up, what good is it? That's my number one area of concern. Defensively, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be fine. Here's the, here's the one area. If you want to look at the back end and the secondary, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Gloom and Doom. I'm just being realistic. And I even brought this up. I even brought this up before the draft. If you wanted to look, you know, when we sat there and, and, and kind of identified, at least in the first round, like which direction they were going to go, especially if, like, those tackles were off the board. And when the tackles were off the board, I thought that they might go in a different direction defensively, and I'm talking about a corner because – Last year, D.J. Reed, Sauce Gardner, Michael Carter, those guys played essentially like every game for them, right? Those are your top three corners. Those are your starting corners. So they didn't have to really dive too deep into their depth like they've had to do in the previous years where they were signing dudes off the street to go play in the secondary, not just play, like start and play a lot of snaps. Those guys held up last year. That's kind of an exception to the norm. Eventually, injuries are going to hit. So my thing is... Where are they depth-wise right now with the cornerback position? One of the reasons why they were so stout defensively last year is because they had maybe the best group of corners in the entire NFL. But if one of those guys goes down, who are you calling upon? Got Brandon Eccles, who's going into his third year. He's a nice player, but I don't know if he's ready for prime time to be an every-down starter. They drafted a kid in the sixth round this year. Who knows what he's going to be? And Bryce Hall was a guy who once upon a time they had high hopes for, but this is a guy who barely dressed last year. And he was drafted by the other coaching staff. I don't think he's got a future with this team. So that would have been maybe an area I would look to shore up. Instead, they decided to add another pass rusher. Because, yes, corner is a premium position, but so is pass rusher. You can never have enough guys to go after the quarterback. Robert Sala likes to play defense with that line, rotating guys in and out, 
keeping them fresh. If you're going to have six guys that are going to be able to get after the quarterback and to keep them as fresh as possible, that's their thinking there. I don't know if you can expect wonders from Will McDonald this year. He's not a finished product. He's got to put a little bit of weight on. Robert Sala said it yesterday. 10, 15 pounds, put a little muscle, learn the NFL life. But in a couple of years, you could be talking about a guy that might pop for you. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. But no, I'm not too concerned about this defense, right? Defense was good enough to win last year. It was just they played four quarterbacks. That was the problem. Take it until the top of the hour. We'll get into a little bit more football stuff when we return. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. I don't think of a better person than me, you, and I don't know, a couple of guys that just hack around. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's time for MLB Round Trippers, which are driven by Coach USA. Brandon Nimmo connected on his third of the season last night, the only run that the Mets were able to muster against Colorado. Harrison Bader hit his first of the year. Trying to bring the Yankees a bit closer, evening up the game at four against Tampa Bay. But Rosarena goes deep for his ninth. Gandhi Diaz hits his ninth for Tampa Bay. And it was one too many for the Bombers to overcome. That is MLB round trippers driven by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. 800-919-3776. That is our telephone number you know yesterday Matt Harvey announced his retirement officially announced his retirement I mean he hasn't pitched in the big leagues in a couple of years so he, you know he made it official we saw him in the world baseball classic or some of you that actually watched the world baseball classic you might have saw him pitching for team Italy Mike Piazza's team Italy ironically enough and he's decided to call it quits here and like you could play this game and this exercise in sports right about like what if some of the best athletes guys with the greatest potential who had their careers sidetracked because of injury you know you could do that league-wide or you could just use it narrowing it down to New York some of the guys that we've had play in our city who just were never able to fulfill whatever early promise they showed because of you know a variety of reasons injury bad luck off the field off the court whatever And Harvey's going to be one of those guys that falls into that category. You know, you're going to look back and say, wow, what could have been? And it wasn't even really all that long ago, to be quite honest with you. 
And unlike, you know, the, the, the Dwight Goodens of the world and the Daryl Strawberries who, you know, left the Mets and still at least had a little bit of success, right? They got World Series rings with the Yankees. Dwight Gooden had the no-hitter as a member of the Yankees. Uh, you know, Daryl Strawberry, you know, went out to L.A. as a member of the Dodgers and signed that big free agent contract when he left the Mets. And, you know, they did other things. Matt Harvey, you know, even though he tried to hook on with a couple of other places, just never was able to recapture that kind of lightning in a bottle which he had for a couple of years there. And, you know, I talked about it a little bit last night. When he came up in 2012, you know, the Mets had all these young pitchers in the farm system that you heard about. While the Mets were a terrible team, all you heard about were these guys down on the farm that eventually they were going to be here and that things were going to turn and that, you know, in your wildest dreams, you could hope that maybe just maybe those guys would be like the second coming of the Atlanta Braves in the 90s, you know, with Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz, and, you know, they would have their own dream starting rotation. Harvey comes up late in 2012, and boom, almost from the get-go, just brings this aura of confidence and this demeanor to the mound each and every time he took the ball. And basically it was like, I don't care that we've been losing. We're not losers when I'm in this uniform and when I'm out there with the ball in my hands. We're going to turn this thing around. We're not going to be patsies any longer. And then it sort of kind of became infectious a little bit. And if you go back all the way to the 60s, you know, that was kind of like what happened with Tom Seaver. Right? The Mets were like a laughing stock. The expansion Mets, the lovable Mets. Seaver shows up and was like, not on my watch, we're not. And then in short time, they became world champions. And you thought and you hoped that maybe the same thing would translate with a guy like Harvey. And then he comes back in 2013, his first full season, and he has a season for the ages. You know, and he becomes like a cult hero. Every time he took the ball, it was must-see. Every one of his starts at City Field, it became Harvey Day. Mets even had promotions around it to try to get people in the ballpark. There was a buzz. Even though the Mets weren't very good, once every five days you had to stop what you were doing because you knew he was on the mound and it could be special, right? Harvey's better, and then all that, you know, you just felt that things were turning, that that day you were going to have the better pitcher. Starts the All-Star game at City Field that summer. And you're thinking, well, we got our guy. Been down for so long, but now we have that superstar. And when you talked about the best pitchers in the game, you thought that he would be right alongside them for years and years to come. You know, somebody who enjoyed the nightlife in New York City and was really embracing the celebrity and just, you know, gave the Mets a little bit of an identity more than anything else. And then the Tommy John happens, and then, all right, back to square one. Misses 14, comes back in 15. And he looks just like the old Matt Harvey again. And then he has some new friends that year. You know, Jacob deGrom has become a thing. Noah Syndergaard shows up. Steven Matt shows up. And then this team is in the World Series. And then he pitches like a stud in the playoffs. And then he has that game against the Kansas City Royals. Game five, pitching a shutout into the ninth inning. Wants the baseball. Tells Terry Collins, sit your butt down. I'm taking the ball. In hindsight, it was the wrong decision. But you had a bulldog. Right. You had an ace You know, the best way you could describe it for, you know, maybe somebody that wasn't old enough. Matt Harvey was in a rotation with Jacob DeGrom and others, and he was the guy. And DeGrom, in hindsight, becomes, you know, one of the best pitchers the Mets have ever had two Cy Youngs and all those things considered, you know, when healthy, the best pitcher in baseball. But Harvey was that special. And then the thoracic outlet thing is what really derailed him more than anything else. You know, Tommy John guys come back from right. Justin Verlander. 
most recently won a Cy Young Award after Tommy John. But the thoracic outlet surgery, that's the one that pitchers are ultimately done in for, and, and, and that's what caused Harvey. Combined with some of the other stuff off the field that we you know, knew about then later on in the conversation, but it really is sad. You know, it's sad, and and it's just a giant what if. You know, and if he was able to stay healthy and some of those other pitchers were able to stay healthy, you know, who knows what might have been for the Mets. You had these big dreams that it was going to be multiple world championships and and, and deep runs into the playoffs. You know, and I, I, I made the point yesterday, like you think about those starting pitchers and that dream rotation. Those five guys, they only made... One turn through the rotation, one through five, one single time in all those years. That's why it's so damn impossible to predict things, especially a sport like baseball, when pitching has become so fragile nowadays, right? Where you need so much luck. And, I mean, you look at some of the things that the Yankees are going through, all these teams, when it comes to just trying to keep pitchers healthy. And that's how the Mets built that team and built that core, and they thought that that was going to deliver them to the promised land. Didn't happen. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Matt Harvey's case, he's just going to be one of those guys that if you were around and you, you know, knew what it was like, especially if you were a Met fan for those few years, it was it was pretty awesome because you thought that things were eventually going to start turning and and this was going to be the guy that was going to be front and center. And he was for a little bit, but maybe not as long as you kind of thought he was going to be. And, you know, if I would have told you back in 2013 during that real special season that he had, that fast forward 10 years later and some of those other contemporaries that he was in that all-star game with and so on and so forth, that they'd still be doing their thing and they'd still be considered some of the top pitchers in the game and this guy's career would be over. And when you look at the body of work, you're not going to see any Cy Young Awards. You're not going to see any championships. You're not going to see any of their all-star appearances and you're going to see a wins and losses record that isn't all that spectacular. You never, never know. But it was fun while it lasted. That's for darn sure. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Grasso Show. We're coming right back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Good performance last night by the Devils. Once again in Carolina as they get annihilated once again. Uh, in the early portion of a series, this time a 6-1 to one final at the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, I know a lot of people, especially like if you're uh, 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 of the Ranger support team, you're sitting here and you're waiting for me to, you know, pronounce the Devils dead after two games because essentially I did the same thing after the first two games against the Rangers in round number one. Difference, though, between that series and what's happening here with the Hurricanes. Okay, the first two games with the Devils-Rangers, Devils special teams let them down in those first two games, right? The Rangers scored two power play goals each in those first two games. That's what let them down more than anything. First two games of this Carolina series where the goaltender has had to be replaced in both games, that's how bad it's gotten, is that the Hurricanes are beating the pants off the Devils five-on-five. It's not the power play. It's not special teams. Five-on-five, they're just a step faster It seems like they want it more. They're grittier. They're tougher. They're getting to the loose pucks. Any way, which way you want to slice it. Carolina has been head and shoulders better. You know, they look like the ones skating circles around the Devils. Devils have no answer for their defensive structure. 
They can't utilize their speed, and they got to make adjustments in a hurry. You know, the difference also is, you know, Devils lost those first two games on home ice against the Rangers. They lose the first two in Carolina here. At least they're coming home. And the last two home games they've played in the playoffs, they've pitched shutouts in those last two against the Rangers. But I don't know if they're going to be as fortunate again. You know, this thing's got to turn quickly, quickly. I mean, maybe they get one out of these next two, you know, but even if they fall behind three games to one, you can't like their chances of then winning three straight in this series. This, this, this is going to take a Herculean effort, I think, to turn this series around right now. And unlike the last series, I think they're going to make the switch to Vitek Vanacek for game three coming up tomorrow afternoon. And it's not that, look, the guys in front of Akira Schmidt have been bad in the first two games. However, there have been a couple of opportunities, and especially last night, even in that second period, where he could have made saves. And they weren't like Hall of Fame caliber saves either, and he didn't make them. And you need your goaltender to make those stops. And so, you know, I don't think they ever lost confidence in Vanacek because Vanacek is the guy who got the Devils to this point. They wouldn't be, you know, in the playoffs, best single season statistically that they've ever had in the history of their franchise without Vanacek this year and how well he played in goal. Harvey, a big Devils fan. They get one out of the next two games? What do you think? 100%. They get it tomorrow. They get it tomorrow, okay. Yep. I kind of agree. I think they'll get that. I, I think they'll get that one tomorrow. You know, place will be crazy. They'll find a way to get the win, and then we'll see what happens in game four. Talk to me again before game number four. They tried something uh late in the game. I believe they put Meyer and Hughes on the same line, which I think worked a bit better, but you just need to generate more. Big guy's gotta show up too. You know, Jack Hughes hadn't done much in the first two games. Um, and look, he's been great all year. Don't get me wrong, but they, you know, this time of the year, you need your best players to lead the way for you. And I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't know if you could say anybody wearing a devil sweater has played well in the first two games. Not when you lose what collectively 11 to two in the first two games. Yikes. Justin and Tom's river is up next here on 9870 ESPN. What's up, Justin? How are you? Good, Dan. Thanks a lot for taking my call, man. You know, I wanted to touch base on with uh, what you were talking about with the call earlier about the Jets. You know, obviously there's some concerns about the Jets. They're obviously not the perfect team. But their defense, for, for me personally, my concern is their linebackers and getting to the pass. And that's why I wasn't so up in arms when the Jets drafted McDonald. I thought he was a pretty decent pass rusher in this draft. But my biggest concern as a Jet fan, besides the offensive line, is the health of Brees Hall. He is mm-hmm. so vital to everything the Jets do on this offense. <clears throat> and him coming back healthy this year is so important to the success of that offense. And it took Saquon Barkley two years to get back to what he is now. And, you know, Michael Carter last year was a major disappointment. I was talking with the guy that screened the calls when I um, placed the phone call to you guys. You know, he had a major slump this year, and if Brees Hall is not 100% coming back from his knee, I would be very nervous if I were the Jets. Um, you're not wrong. You know, a lot of what this team can be offensively is going to be dependent upon how Brees Hall recovers. And, Justin, thanks for the phone call. I, I will say this. They went ahead and they used a draft choice on the kid from Pittsburgh, Izzy Abanaconda, in the fifth round. That's good value. In the fifth round, that they were able to get him. The, the issue with him was he's had some he had some issues in college when it came to putting the ball on the ground. 
and maybe that contributed to his stock falling a little bit here. But he's a home run hitter potentially. And if he can be that change of pace guy for you and you find him in the fifth round, it's great value. Look at my boy from Rutgers, Isaiah Pacheco. And think about the role that he played for the Kansas City Chiefs last year and helping them win a Super Bowl. When they draft him, that was round seven because people like to dump on Rutgers for some reason. But think about how instrumental he was for them. So you never know. Um, Brees Hall, though, I'll say this. You got to see it when he's out there on the field finally. Once the pads come on. And And I'm not even talking about mini camp. I'm talking about training camp. Like late July, once you get out there and you start hitting and all those other things, they might bring him along a little bit slowly. I just want to make sure that he's good to go come the second week of September when this thing starts for real. So we are still four months away from that. I think he'll be fine. Now, is there going to be a little bit of an adjustment, like you said, coming back from injury in the ACL? Yeah, maybe a little bit, right? But last time I saw Brees, when I was up there at the end of the season doing one of uh, the shows that I do for them up in the studio at the facility, I mean, he, he was on with us, and he was walking around without a limp, and that was in, like, early January, right? Now, obviously, just walking around and playing football are two different things, but I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think he's going to be good to go here. And you're right. He is that big of a difference maker for him because you just saw the potential that he just unleashes for this offense. So now, if you're an opposing team playing the Jets, you got to worry about if Reese is healthy, a running game. Now you got a quarterback that you got to take seriously and all the weapons he's going to have at his disposal. That's what makes this offense more well-rounded. If you can play that complimentary football with the ground and through the air, that unleashes all the options that Nathaniel Hackett has swimming around in that brain of his with him and Aaron Rodgers. Chris in Long Island up next here on 98.7. Christopher, good morning. How are you? And after watching the Devils the last two games and being a season ticket holder for as long as I have been, it makes me even more annoyed that the Rangers lost. So I want to discuss a couple of things about this team moving forward. It's got to. Chris, it's got to. It's got to. First, let's let's talk about the players first, and we'll get to the coach. Um, The Rangers notoriously are horrible in developing young players. And I got to tell you, Lafreniere, I understand he was the number one overall pick, blah, blah, blah. It was a poor draft class, and he's due to get paid. If I'm the Rangers, I'm sorry. I'm not signing this guy. You know what? I'll take the risk that he's never going to develop to a top player. You got other players in the system like Brendan Othman, who's, you know, making big numbers in the minor leagues. You let him come up. He's making less money. You let him take Lafreniere's place and use some of that money to find some grinders. This team has no grinders. The last game, game seven, they had 60 shot attempts. 60. Eight of them were in the slot. That means nobody wants to go in the front of the net to get dirty. So that's a problem with this team. Now, as far as Gallant is concerned, I am not a fan of this coach. I wasn't a fan of the coach when they signed him. He seems to have a shelf life of two years wherever he coaches. And I hate the term players coach. You know why? Because that means the players get to do what they want to do. This coach, first of all, he had no adjustments in this playoff series against the Devils. When they changed their system, he didn't adjust to it. There's no accountability. If this coach, if this team was coached by John Tortorella back in the days, he would have benched Panarin. Panarin was doing absolutely nothing. So I'm sorry. You had two well, what, years to prove it. Well, Chris, 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 let me points. stop you. Chris, let me stop you a second. First of all, what kind of adjustments did you want to see in this series? Well, first of all, if you look at the first two games, even though the Rangers dominated those the first two games, their system was the same. Most of the goals they still scored were from the perimeter. What the Devils did in game three 
is they basically created the old neutral zone trap. They started clogging the neutral zone, and they pro- made it a lot more difficult for the Rangers to enter. What I would have done, and you notice that the Rangers still kept trying to do the cross-sides passes, side to side, east to west. I would have dumped the, pa- the puck in a lot more because whenever the Rangers were able to cycle below the goal line, that's when they had the devil scared and running around because their defense couldn't handle the Rangers. They didn't do enough of that. The other thing is, I would have told your players, I'm sorry, guys, get dirty, get to the front of the net. Nobody obviously told these guys to do it. That's the coach's responsibility. It's the coach's responsibility to get these players to their best performances but that's and to not, develop but, but, them. But, Chris, He's, is that the type of players they are? Chris Kreider, that's what he does for a living, and he did it perfectly. Correct. You can't blame him. He scored plenty of goals right. with those deflections okay. on the power plays or whatnot, always creating havoc. He's a big body. That's what he does. But some of these other guys, that's not Artemi Panarin's game. That's not uh, uh, okay. Patrick Kane's game. Where were those guys in the series? How is that on you the head coach? Well, first of all, first of all, Kane was hurt, obviously. That's the that's obviously. You tell me that people like Kako and Lafreniere, they're big kids. They're not small kids. Where were they this playoff series? Last year, they showed up. This year, they were invisible. You tell me you couldn't have gotten Lafreniere to get in front of the net? You tell me you couldn't get Kako to go in front of the net instead of doing dipsy-doodle passes on the sideboards? Come on. You you're, right that those guys guys, you're right about those guys. You're, you're, you're spot on about and those guys that they future. did not show up. And that's your future. And that's your future. You know, that's your future, Dan. I'm sorry. Moving forward, I don't want this coach. Now, who would you hire? Who would you hire? I hear the name Quenville out there. Now, obviously, that's a big risk because of what happened back in his days with Chicago. But you know what? Nowadays, I really don't think teams care about that. All they care about is winning. And if James Dolan and all the money that we spend on tickets thinks that this coach is the one coach that can bring this team to the promised land, he'll take the PR hit and he'll hire Quenville because I hear that Quenville will get the most out of Panarin. Is Quenville going to get Panarin to gain 20 pounds of body weight and muscle to get him to go in front of the net? I don't know. But you know what? The shelf life for this team is not that long, believe it or not, because I believe the Devils have a better future right now. Well, let me ask you so a question. you got to get somebody in there. What about, what about Peter Laviolette? He's available. He is available, but if you notice, since 2018, he's had two different teams, Nashville and Washington. None of them have done anything in the playoffs. I like Peter Laviolette. I just think that his time has come and gone. I know we won a cup in Carolina. He's taken three, he's I, taken I three teams Obviously, to the finals. I would love to hire... I would love to hire Mark Messier, but they're not going to do that. It would be a risk, number one. And I hear people like Don LeGrecker saying, well, he hasn't taken his lumps. He hasn't coached yet. Hey, you know what? I forgot who it was. I think it was Arizona. Arizona took a chance with Wayne Gretzky. He didn't win, well, but it was, he was also part of the ownership gig, so. group, too. Rod, Rod Brindamore yeah, well. didn't take his lumps, if you will. And, Chris, I got to go. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Rod Brindamore was sitting there as an apprentice and, and, and paying his dues as a head coach. But he got an opportunity in Carolina, right? And that's worked out okay. You know, some guys take different paths. I right, look, we could go back and forth with this, and I, I, I think what Galant's comments were earlier in the week, you know, on breakup day at the stadium, that to me spoke volumes, because it sounded like a guy who was number one agitated that maybe he wasn't getting the public backing from his front office and that he was out there twisting in the wind and having to face all the questions from the firing squad at the media about his job security because he said as much. And I don't want to say that they were almost like daring the front office to fire him and to move on to go get another head coach, but I do think that he's right to a certain extent. I mean, he's been here for two years. Look at the body of work. They've been successful. And this year they lose in the first round. 
Last year, they go all the way to the conference finals. Most coaches don't get bounced after two years after a performance like that on their resume. But we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm, I'm 50-50 with it. You know? Personally, I probably wouldn't have an issue if they brought him back to see if they could make another run at this thing. He'd probably be on a lot shorter leash for that third year. But if you are going to make a coaching change, I need to see who you're going to bring in. And, I, you know, Chris laid out the names, whether it's Quenville, whether it's – look, they're not going to bring in a first-timer. We know that. It's going to be a guy with a proven track record because this team was put together to win a Stanley Cup, and they fell short this year. 800-919-3776. We'll close it out with you on the phones when we come back. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> ESPN New York has your chance to win $25,000 this baseball season of the New York No-Hitter Sweepstakes. Enter now at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team to throw a no-hitter and you can win $25,000. Presented by MoheganSunCasino.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. So Knicks basketball today at 3 o'clock. Pre-game coverage right here on 98.7. Anita's coming up next. She'll lead you right up to Pat in the pregame at 3. And then tonight, once all the Nick extravaganza is over with, you get to hear the Warriors and the Lakers, a game number 3 in that series right here on 98.7. I'll be back with you again. I think right now we're looking at Tuesday night at 7. Because Monday we have Nick basketball. There's going to be game number four, so no show that night. So we'll be back with you Tuesday, I believe, right after TMKS at 7 o'clock. So uh, who knows what we'll be talking about by the time that rolls around. But it's going to be another exciting week, right? Nick basketball series hopefully uh, continues on here against the Heat. And then next Thursday, the 11th, it's one of the days that I look forward to most of any on the sports calendar, the release of the NFL schedule. And you know that if you're a Jet fan, even a Giant fan, you know, there's going to be a lot of primetime assignments this year because Giants coming off of the season that they had. Jets, of course, with Aaron Rodgers, who might get as many primetime games as any team in the league. And us being the home of the Jets kind of affects our lives a little bit, given when these games are going to be played. So always look forward to the NFL schedule, and that comes up on Thursday. Uh, Big Red Bulls clash tonight against Philadelphia. At Red Bull Arena, they're giving out bobbleheads. Star, it's Star Wars night. They're giving out Star Wars bobbleheads to the first. What is it, Harvey? Seventy-five hundred. Seventy-five hundred. So get there early if you really want it. Now let me ask you a question: Do you really believe there's going to be seventy-five hundred people there to take home the bobbleheads? Yeah. What does that place hold? Oh, I believe twenty twenty-five thousand. I believe. Yeah, so they'll get their seventy-five hundred. Yeah, I mean, if anything, um, one or two people will probably grab extras if they bring, like, they a family. They might be giving out extras. They might be throwing them, you know, by the way the game is going. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, no. does that no-hitter does that no hitter contest apply for the Red Bulls as well? Can you pick the team that the Red Bulls are playing that are going to shut them out? Uh, I would hope so. I mean, look, we, we try to be all-encompassing with, you know, with everything in life. Roller so. sports, yeah, probably. I, I, I give you credit, man, that you still go to these games. I know you got the tickets already and you paid for the season ticket, but, like, wow, good for you. Like I said, what else do I have? Well, you got the Devils. Okay, we talked about this during the, during the breaks. Do you know how expensive <laughs> these Devils games the are? The Devils tickets are expensive. They real, I, I don't know who's setting the prices, if it's the league or the team, but, my God, like, just 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 nosing around. I mean, this it's, it's round two. 
You know, it's, it's round two for crying out loud. And what, what are they? What are they going to charge if they go to the Stanley Cup Finals or something? What are you going to? You have to give up your firstborn. Well, that's a bit extreme, but I will be there next week as well for the Derby against NYCFC. So oh, that's so going to be that's going to be way two more straight packed. games. Of course, of course. Are there going to be more NYCFC fans or Red Bulls fans? Uh, I believe. I, I believe NYCFC. You sure? Well, given what's been happening with the club this year, I wouldn't be surprised. Plus, NYCFC are fifth, and they should be Charlotte later tonight. So, that's well, just the worst. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Um, all right, so you got the Red Bulls tonight. You got your Knicks this afternoon, Mets and Yanks this afternoon. And, again, let's keep an eye on what's going on down to Tropicana Field because with everything that happened last night with the bean balls. The Randy Arosa Arena, you know that the uh, Rays were none too pleased, that warnings weren't issued, and I wonder if they search for a little retribution against the Bronx Bombers this afternoon. We'll see how it all plays itself out. Uh, thanks to Alan Hahn for jumping on with us today. Remember, you can get me on Twitter, at Dan Grassa, and we'll see you again on Tuesday night at 7. Thanks to uh, Harvey and Joe, and happy anniversary once again to Mom and Dad. We'll be seeing them a little bit later on today, so... Anita's coming up next. Enjoy your Saturday. And you know what? Get outside. The sun is out. We've only waited like two weeks for it. Not something we could take for granted any longer. Bye, guys. Talk to you soon. So long. But as long as the, uh, the Belgium Shepherd likes listening to the program, that doesn't make me any happier. <laughs> hey, you know, I, <laughs> so I'll give you a little quiz before I get to my next talk. I'll make it quick. <laughs>